welcome back to the Swearing Mamas podcast. If it's your first time here, this is a podcast all about the good, the bad, and the sweary moments of motherhood. My name's Lauren, um, and today I wanted to do something that we, it's a little different (laughs) from what we normally do. So um, to give a little bit of background, I love personality quizzes. Like when I have insomnia bad, um, I'll literally just take like every BuzzFeed quiz that's available um, and different things like that. Um, Really into asking people what their Hogwarts house is um, and just all kinds of different things like that. Um, I've also learned a lot more over the past months about astrology. It's something that really interests me. Um, and I think that whether you're someone who believes in astrology as a tool to like, um, like I listened to a podcast and she pretty much described, it's this, um, starry alignment podcast, by the way, if anyone else wants to listen to it, um, it's great. It's pretty short, uh, daily podcast, but, um, how she pretty much describes it as you, you use astrology as like a forecast, So it's not necessarily going to say, like, here's your future. You know, you're going to find $5 today. But it may say something like the conditions today are better for doing X, Y, or Z. So um, I think that whether you like to use it as a tool like that, uh, which is something that I find um, comforting and also um, empowering, or if you just think it's you know, a bunch of mumbo jumbo. It's still, I, I think it's still fun. Um, I always thought it was fun even before when I used to think it wasn't real or whatever. <laughs> so, um, with that being said, I, uh, recently had a reading. I want a free one, um, from the Starry Alignment, uh, podcast. And she, I think she gives one away every month. If it's something you guys are interested in, subscribe to her channel and, um, she'll tell you, she'll tell about the details on her episodes. But anyhow, um, and the conversation we had was really great and it helped me a lot in sort of some self-doubts that I had, um, and just things that were, you know, that I had going on in my mind. But not only that, one of the things I talked about with her was a parenting concern. I said that, you know... I am feeling like I don't know if I'm doing a good job, basically because, like, Oliver is throwing these fits and freaking out on me, and it's kind of like, I feel like he needs empathy, and I feel like he needs warmth and safety, and I'm trying to provide that, and I'm trying to be calm when he is throwing a fit. Then at the same time, it's like, well, I don't know if I need to perhaps be you know, more strict, (laughs) you know, or like basically kind of expressing that concern, which I think is like a, probably a really common concern for moms. Um, if I had a guess, but anyhow, we talked a little bit about what makes me lash out because I've, I told her sometimes I yell at Oliver and I feel bad about it. So we talked a little bit about like what it is that makes me act out, what makes me get defensive and yell at people. Um, and of course, with as with any kind of tool, um, you don't. It's it's not like someone saying, "Well, this is who you are," and you're like, "Okay," and you head about your way. It's like, "Well, this is um, maybe what you're predisposed to," and does any of that resonate with you? And um, a lot. It actually really did, and I think that 
even if even if you don't resonate entirely with the information on your chart, it's still a good tool to maybe make you think about things that you hadn't thought about. Like that was a thing that I hadn't thought about. All I drew was the connection that he was stressing me out, so I was lashing out. But we talked more in depth about what stresses me out and about what pulls that trigger for me from like being the calm and comforting mom to being like the yelling mom. Um, and so anyway, I enjoyed it a lot. And, um, I also really, um, I also, it made me really interested to like learn more about him. And, uh, that's another thing that I think is so fun because he can't talk yet. I mean, well, he can talk, duh. (laughs) Sorry, I haven't had any coffee yet today. So if I say anything stupid, I apologize. Um, (laughs) I'm drinking tea, but like I haven't had the coffee yet. Um, anyhow, he can talk, (laughs) to be clear. My one and a half year old can speak. But because he can't say, like, well, mom, it makes me feel bad when you do X, Y, and Z. Um, because he can't do that yet, I, I do find it really interesting to read his chart and, um, sort of learn what might be going on. So, that is what I did this week. And, um, not only that, but I also took a personality quiz, um, and I read a couple of other things that, so this is all resources about Oliver's personality that I am just going to share with you guys. I'm going to tell you, um, I'm going to read, you know, what the website said about each thing. Um, I'm going to share with you how I got the information, how I can apply it and how you can get it and apply it too. Um, I think it's really interesting. Now, the thing I want to say before I dive into that is, um, I am very cautious not to project things onto him or anyone else when I find out their Hogwarts house or their, you know, their sun sign or whatever it may be. Like, when I learn these things about someone, I try to keep in mind, like, well, this could be, and let me um, sort of observe and see what resonates, but let me not necessarily treat this person in a different way that could kind of, like, affect them negatively. So, like, let me use this to be more patient with him. Let me use this to learn what types of discipline or you know, reassurance and what types of, um, positive reinforcement might work for him, but I absolutely am cautious not to use it in a way that might, like, stifle him or limit him, and, um, so I think if you are going to use personality tools on someone that, you know, isn't entirely verbal yet, or even if they are, they're still very young, um, it's just something to be conscious of that, you know, just because Oliver sign says that he may make a great public speaker. I'm not, like, grooming him to be a public speaker. (laughs) Um, You know, I mean, I'm still asking him what he wants to be when he grows up. Well, not now, because he obviously can't. He's going to be like, no. (laughs) Oliver, what do you want to be when you grow up? No. Um, (laughs) But you you get what I'm saying, right? I hope you do. Um, Use them, but don't, don't let it, like, shape your entire view of another person, especially your kid. 
I don't think I needed to give you guys that forewarning, but I feel like I should. Um, okay. So, and the other thing I want to say before I dive in is, I really want to know what his Hogwarts house is, but I don't think there's a way to find that out until he can really talk to me. So, I think, and this pains me to say, but I think we will wait until he's 11, or it's 11, right, when Harry Potter goes to Hogwarts? Yeah, anyway. We'll wait and let him get his letter like the rest of the, like the rest of the kids did. So anyway, the first uh, thing was an actual quiz, which you know, you already know from my intro, I was having a lot of fun. <laughs> Ooh, yay, I get to pick answers. <sighs> so anyway, it was on mom365.com. Now for each of these things, I'm going to tell you the website, but it's going to be a specific link, and I'm going to put that link in the episode info, um, but... I'm sure also you could Google it, but it'll be in our episode info, so don't worry. Anyways, mom365.com, um, and it was just literally called, like, what's your toddler's personality, I think. <laughs> so the result that we got was the curious Carl. <laughs> uh, it says, an explorer by nature, your little one is extra interested in the world around him or her. Waking each morning ready to empty all the cabinets and cupboards, page through every book, try on all clothes. He or she is generally about getting into everything over and over. He's fond of bringing you things and loves to help, air quotes, <laughs> in any capacity. He loves to do everything alone, which can be frustrating for a mom on a schedule. At the playground, he watches other kids, especially bigger ones, with fascination, while also joyfully trying out every single piece of playground equipment. Really emphasize safety with this one, as he might be more curious than fearful of things like strange dogs, brightly colored berries, and hot flames. Boy, is that not my Oliver. I was really laughing, like, that's my Oliver to a T, so, um, mom365.com, you crushed it. I'm gonna start calling him Carl. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so things I thought of when reading this. One, I don't know if I've told you guys this already or not, but he loves loading the dishwasher now. So when I'm doing the dishes, I'll like hand him the silverware to put in and he freaking loves it. It's the cutest thing ever. And I have to make a whole big show about it and really take time so that like it takes like three times the amount of time it would for him to just stick it in there because there's not as many silverware as there are dishes. And then I have to really quickly put the dishes in. But, point being, we have a system, and I love it. So, I'll always be like, Oliver, can you put this one away? And his little face, like, lights up, and he's so pumped to put this one away. Um, I thought about that when it said he loves to help. Um, And I was laughing about pulling everything out of the cabinets and cupboard because he literally did that. I mean, not like, oh, everything. Like, I mean, literally the drawer that I let him play in, he got out everything. (laughs) It was insane. Um, he used to always do that, and then we got, uh, those magnet locks in our kitchen, which are amazing. Anyway, that is absolutely, absolutely my Oliver. Um, so many things I, I read, I feel like it kind of, like, pretty much says that it's your toddler either, like, plays or doesn't play, and this actually perfectly sums up my Oliver. Like, we went to the Chick-fil-A, um, thingy, play thing 
you know, the thing. Anyway, we went in there, and Oliver was, like, having a blast, but he was kind of just watching these older kids, and then they started to go up. He went up, and he just was climbing all around up there, and they guided him and helped him through the up-top high area. It was really cute and sweet, so. Um, yeah, that's definitely Oliver. Um, <laughs> that one's really just for fun. Um, okay, then WebMD has a, it's like an article, I guess, um, just about, it says there are three types of toddlers, um, and this is not a quiz, it's just, it just lists them, and you can pretty much tell which one yours is, <laughs> uh, so the options are easy or happy, shy or slow to warm, and spirited. I'll let you guys guess which one my child is. <laughs> the spirited. So, so the spirited wild, wild child one in ten toddlers is a strong-willed, challenging kid. Pediatrician and author Harvey Karp says these roller coaster kids have high highs and low lows. Parents usually know that they have a spirited child because they're the more kids. More active, more impatient, more impulsive, more defiant, more intense, more sensitive, more rigid. The number one recommendation to parents of children with this personality is to keep them active. Get outside to play a lot. These kids need to burn off their energy and work through their moods. They also need firm structure to keep them safe and stable. And lots of patience. Okay, guys. This one helped me so much. I kind of felt like there's no way you can lump toddlers into three categories. But when I read through this article, I was like, hmm, maybe, maybe you can. I don't think I've ever met a toddler that didn't fit into one of these three uh, categories. Um, so if you guys have a toddler, you have to read the article first. That's the thing. You can't just listen to me because I didn't read the other descriptions. I only read the description of Oliver's. You go and read the article and you have a toddler that doesn't fit in to any of the three. I'd love to hear what your kid is like because I find all of this stuff so interesting, obviously. I don't, so I, don't, I don't know if you guys, like, I don't, I've never mentioned this, but I have, like, a deep interest in psychology and, like, still... Uh, always, I believe that, like, down the line, like, maybe when my kid is, like, in school, like, probably not even, maybe elementary school, maybe, like, when he's, like, in third grade or later, um, I kind of have the thought that if I'm not, like, a famous rock star podcasting best-selling author, LOL, um, <laughs> so most likely, <laughs> um, I will go back to school, um, because I have an associate degree, um, in English, but I'm thinking that I'll complete, you know, the whole big shebang and perhaps become, like, a talk therapist. So, yeah, anyway, that's just a side note about me and why I'm super interested to hear about everyone's kids' personalities and what everyone is like. Uh, I just find it very, very interesting, but, um, yeah, so this I did think that this was a really good article, um, and I guess that when they're talking about Oliver as this spirited, wide, wild child, they didn't really say anything particularly that I didn't know, but two things. One, it, it made me feel a little bit better because sometimes the way that Oliver acts, I worry that it's something I've done wrong because, like, for example, um, pretty much all of the other kids that we go to play groups with, they clean up after themselves, even at his age. And I think that's just wild. 
Um, Oliver does not, not understand what cleanup means, and I have decided now that perhaps we will start introducing the idea, because I mean, well, this is a whole another topic. I want to do a whole episode on cleaning up, and actually, if you have any thoughts about cleaning up, do you make your kids clean up after, after themselves, do you not, what age did you start, please, please send me that information, and I would love to talk about it on that episode, which will hopefully come at some point in the near future. <laughs> Um, but that's a whole detour. My point was just to say that, like, that's not something Oliver does, and part of that is because I haven't told him to, because I didn't think it was time yet, but part of it is that he does not understand, like, Oliver does what Oliver wants, like, he gets toys back out, (laughs) you know, he doesn't put them in, he gets them back out. Um, and so, I don't know, um, sometimes things like that, and then, just when he won't listen to me and does certain things, it kind of, um, makes me feel like maybe I'm failing in a way. And, um, it's like, you know, deep down that you're not and that you're just comparing yourself, which you're not supposed to do, but it's, I mean, it's hard not to do that. Um, but several aspects about this, um, little description here kind of made me feel like, okay, that's not me failing. That's his personality. And his personality is not a a failure. It's not a bad thing. Um, it's who he is, and, um, also, it helps me know how to speak to that, because, like, obviously, okay, maybe you don't have to clean up your, after yourself when you're one years old, but maybe when you're two or three, like, you do, I don't know, that'll come on the next episode, I need to stop using that example, because it's getting me distracted, but anyway, um, you know, even if his personality is always going to be, like, someone who's not prone to cleaning up after themselves, there, of course, that's something I teach him. But it's good to know that, you know, what he needs more of is, for example, to just, like, burn off the energy. So, like, that and, um, I liked that thing about going outside. We have three quarters of a fence. Actually, I mean, we have the whole fence, but the last side is not put up. And, uh, we've never, like, it was like that when we moved in, and we haven't had the last side put up yet. Now I'm thinking that we need to. So, I'm hoping maybe we could get that done soon, and then I can let him run around the backyard more. Because right now, we started doing it for a few days, but he kept running back into the front yard, and I was just like, okay, this is not going to work for me. And he ran straight into the road the other day, like... I'm like, yeah, no, I cannot do this, <laughs> and I can't lift him a bunch, as I've already told you guys about that. So, we've been going for walks, and he'll be in the stroller, you know. So, like, we went to the zoo yesterday. We have a zoo membership, and he got to walk there. But that was, Seth and I were both there, so we were both able to work with him. On a normal day, it's just me and him. Like, we're just walking, like, on a greenway, and he's in the stroller, so it helps, but he's not able to run around, so, like, reading this was good for me to say, like, okay, I need to prioritize that gate, because it's going to make my life easier, that's what I'm reading here, I'm reading it's going to make my life easier, and it's going to make him happier if he can just run around, so, um, yeah, I thought that was really great, and, um, yeah, I like that, um, okay, now I'm going to go ahead and get into his natal chart. So, I have an Android phone, so I got the app called Horos, just H-O-R-O-S, 
And I know that there, I believe the website that, um, also has an iPhone app is CoStar and I, there may be a hyphen. I'm not sure. I should have looked that up before I started recording. Um, but I have used CoStar's actual website and it's really great. The only reason I don't have the app is because I couldn't find it. I don't think it's available for Android. I'm assuming it's on Apple or maybe they're just a website now, but, um, there are lots of different websites and apps out there. Those are just the two that I'm familiar with. Um, and then for some of these signs, I dug a little deeper, um, like on the internet to look for more information than what's offered on the Horos app because I think it's a great app, but sometimes, um, what they say specifically is not extremely detailed. Sometimes it's very detailed and sometimes it's kind of like, I need more on that. Um, and there are like loads of good websites. So if, I mean, any sign that you have, like you could Google that and find a website that's going to give you a detailed description about that, um, position. So like if the planet's like, I don't like, I don't want to use sun cause that's obvious. I just example, Oliver's moon is in cancer. So if you Google moon and cancer, you can find information about how things may feel when the moon is in cancer, like for everyone. And then you'll also find information about yourself if you were born with your moon in cancer. So, um, I hope that that all gives you a little information about how you can go about this yourself, but feel free to, um, message me or comment or email us at swearingmamas at gmail.com if you want any more information about how I did it. But I also do want to preface this by saying that I am not an astrologer. Um, I don't know this stuff. Like, I'm really just learning myself and just find it interesting. I've always been very uh, fascinated by the sky. Um, and so if it's something that you're interested in, you would like a deeper knowledge about, I definitely recommend, like I said before, checking out the Star Alignment podcast and going to her Facebook group or her YouTube account and, um, and you can kind of chat with Stevie there and she, um, knows like five million times as much as I do (laughs) and, uh, she's really good at explaining too. So that's what I have to say about that. Okay. Now for Oliver. So, sun and Capricorn. So, your sun sign is, like, the main sign. So, I'm a Sagittarius. Like, if someone says that, I'm a Sagittarius, they're saying, like, my sun sign is a Sagittarius. Oliver's uh, sun is in Capricorn. So, um, he is self-confident, hardworking, practical, responsible, persistent. Um, People whose sun is in Capricorn can be perceived as stuffy or rigid. Seriousness can make them appear unhappy when they're actually just cautious. Um, And then sun and Capricorns are people who scope out the environment before interacting. They can be pessimistic and too reserved, and they can be self-centered. I find this so funny because we were just talking in the last one about how Oliver checks out, like, even the spirited child, right, it it said, um, actually, I think it wasn't the spirited child, it was the one before that, it said that they like to watch, yeah, it was the first one, that Curious Carl, (laughs) it said that, you know, Curious Carls like to watch the older kids play before they, um, interact, and so, similarly, that's a, a Capricorn quality, um, so I find that really interesting, and I, um, 
when before I had Oliver, of course, I wanted to know what his sign was going to be. Um, and when I found out it was Capricorn, I knew nothing about Capricorns um, because the way that I knew astrology up until, you know, after I had him was just like I knew people's sun sign and I only knew it if I knew them. Like I, I knew the signs of people I had dated and myself and my best friends and that's how I sort of learned about each and I didn't know any Capricorns I or hadn't been, I'm sure I obviously knew some I wasn't close with any and when I was reading all of this stuff about seriousness I was like uh that's gonna be my kid <laughs> and um I think I too I read one that they like to be organized and uh have a clean environment and I was like that's great he can clean our house because Seth and I don't have that personality trait in our place is a freaking mess. Um, but anyhow, um, it kind of like made me a little bummed out before I had him. Because I'm like, oh, I don't want him to be like too serious and, you know, not have like a wild, fun dreamer streak. But the fun thing is... Now that he's here, I can see it in a totally different light. He is pretty serious, and he does look like he's not having fun a lot of the time. Um, and that's why I like to read things like this, because I'm like, okay, he's having fun. Um, he's just really um, taking it all in and really observing it all and, and, and reflecting. So, um, yeah, that's the sun in Capricorn. I think that's... Um, super interesting, obviously. So, as I mentioned, his moon is in Cancer. Now, the moon, um, handles reactions and emotional habits. So, moon and Cancer people are caring, protective, feisty, possessive, and have a deep need for security. Um, I'm interested, Oliver's definitely feisty. I do think that he's caring, but I also see him sometimes kind of feel like, I sometimes kind of feel like he's not because, like, he'll seem caring because he'll, you know, just randomly come up and give me a hug and kiss, or especially if he sees that I am crying or upset. Um, if I really need uh, his affection, I don't oftentimes have to ask for it. It's like he knows and will come to me. And offer it. Um, so, it's interesting. Um, but I, th I found it interesting to read that the, some of those qualities aren't things that I've noticed yet. And it's like, huh, I wonder if that's what he's feeling right now. Um, like a need for security. How can I, um, how can I enact that for him? Like, how can I provide a sense of security for him in a way that he may not already be feeling. So that's uh, something I'll be thinking about. Um, his Mercury is in Sagittarius. So um, my Mercury is also in Sagittarius. So I found that interesting. Um, so Mercury deals with intellect, reason, and logic. Um, people whose Mercury is in Sagittarius can uh, be philosophical, we can be tactless, uh, we like intellectual challenges, and we seek to answer life's big questions. And that definitely describes me for sure. And um, <laughs> obviously we have no idea if Oliver's feeling any of that right now. Um, however, I am really excited if that does resonate with him 
to have some great conversations down the line. Um, I don't, I cannot remember what Seth's Mercury is in, but I'm going to go ahead and take a wild guess. It's not Sagittarius. Um, tends to be when, when I want to have these like deep intellectual conversations, it's not really, he's, he tends to just kind of listen and nod. (laughs) Um, sometimes we'll have good back and forth about it, but Um, a lot of the time that's just not really his thing, so I'm excited when Oliver gets older, um, because I think maybe that'll be something we can share. Um, okay, so his Venus is in Capricorn. Venus is a planet of love and relationships, um, so for Venus and Capricorn, um, these people are loyal They tend to be reserved and cautious to fall in love, though. Um, so, we'll see about that. (laughs) Um, okay, his Mars is in Scorpio. This is the other one that we share. I think it's just the two. Um, so my Mars is also in Scorpio. Mars is the planet of action, energy, achievement, um independence and honesty. So people with a Mars in Scorpio tend to be assertive, jealous, enter- energetic. That's not a word. Energetic. <laughs> and attracted to mysterious partners. So yep. That's us. <laughs> I will say Oliver is definitely assertive and energetic. Um And I think I'm definitely everything on that list. (laughs) So, it's just like when I read these things, I'm very interested to see how Oliver, who Oliver's going to date one day. One day, way down the line, like, just based on the little pictures that each of these qualities paint, I'm like, huh, he's going to end up dating an interesting person, I bet. Vim and Vigor is a paper goods brand based out of Clarksville, Tennessee, that makes a point to embrace the fun, honest, sarcastic parts of life, and has an honestly real card that's perfect for any occasion. They're always growing, so if they don't have it now, they definitely will soon. Check out all the goods Vim and Vigor has to offer at vimvigordesigns.com slash shop. And for all Sweary Mama listeners, place your orders before September 30th and get 10% off of any order over $20 with the code SWEAR10. That's the word swear and then the number 10. Go to vimbiggerdesigns.com slash shop. His Jupiter is in Scorpio. So Jupiter is the planet of growth and expansion in the physical, material, spiritual, and social aspects. It's also a planet of luck and abundance. It's also the Sagittarius planet, so Jupiter is my is my people's, um, (laughs) so anyways, with Jupiter and Scorpio, uh, people tend to be serious, passionate, intense, clever, and secretive. He better not keep any fucking secrets from me. I'll tell you what, I'm your mother. But, um, again, with the seriousness, right? (laughs) It's just so funny because, like, it's so funny to think of, it's such an interesting combination. Like, if you had told me, like, 
Like, okay, when I think back, it's like I said, when I thought back before I had him and I'm like, oh, I'm going to have a Capricorn, he's going to be so serious. I never realized that you could have, like, a serious, introspective, spirited, wild child, curious Carl. And I just think it is a crazy interesting combination. Um, And I really am interested to see what his Myers-Briggs will be as well. Um, Because it's kind of like... He he sits in the background and observes everything and thinks hard about it, but then he has a lot of feelings about it, and he really wants them to be known, and he really wants to be a part of things, too. So it's kind of like maybe he just wants to be a part of like things in a very specific way, I guess. Um, I don't know, and of course that's something that, you know, you can only – learn in small chunks with your kid as they get older and communicate more and start to have more of a personality. But like the more and more I read all this, I just think it is so interesting to imagine like, and if you're a person like this too, listening, I would love to hear from you. Um, it's just not really like a person that I've known, someone who, you know, is very deeply thoughtful and serious and methodical, but is also wild and energetic and uh well we'll get more into how he's the star of the show let's keep going (laughs) saturn and capricorn saturn is a planet that deals with limitation and like the awareness of it so um saturn and capricorns tend to be cautious uh they stick to plans and long-term strategies So, again, that's just more of the same things that I've said. Okay. Uranus and Aries. So, Uranus is the planet of freedom. In the words of Miley Cyrus, don't fuck with my freedom. Can we just talk about that song? It's so good. Every song she does. Okay. That was Mother's Daughter. If you haven't heard it, you should go listen to it. But her other new song, Slide Away, is really good. And her new Charlie's Angel song. Like, can we just... Anyways, this is not the Miley Cyrus podcast. I forgot. I need to update my Miley Cyrus podcast. Just kidding, but I should make one, shouldn't I? I should not. I should absolutely not. Hey, Miley Cyrus is a Sagittarius, too. We had the same birthday. Um, anyway, moving back to the topic at hand. Um, oh, yeah, Uranus and Aries. <laughs> so, Uranus and Aries tends to be unique, unpredictable, independent, clever, And seeks change. It's the second time in his chart that he's been called clever. And I like it. I think that's a fun word that I need to start using more. Clever. Neptune and Pisces. Okay. I'm most interested to talk... I mean, most interested... Most excited to, to talk about this one with you guys. Because I... Well, let me first just say, Neptune is the planet of inspiration, idealism, and spiritualism. And why I'm most excited for this one is because I think that most of you guys will share this one. Your kids will share this one. Because Neptune in Pisces is generational. So, um, this formation has been in place since 2011 and will be in place until 2026. So, if your kids were born in that time span, their Neptune is also in Pisces. And I also think it is so cool and fascinating when we learn about the generational shifts. And it's something that, like, okay, we talk about, like, generations as if they're different. 
but I think we often justify it by saying, well, the times were different. Um, like technology was different. Finances were different. Um, blah, 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 blah. But, uh, the fact of the matter is like, yeah, we've learned a lot in the amounts of time between like, for example, you know, the 1950s and now. Um, we have learned a lot about how we should treat one another and how we make other people feel. Um, and so, like, when you catch a boomer saying something about, like, millennials being too sensitive and not, you know, wanting to censor people, for example, like, it isn't that people are more sensitive now. It's that now we know how people always felt, right? But, uh, what is interesting to me is that, like, not only have we learned how people felt about different things, not only have we developed new technology to communicate those things, and not only, you know, have we grown in all of these various ways, but also some of the signs, like, are collective. And so, Neptune is, for example, um, we're going to have this whole generation of kids who were born during something of, like, a spiritual awakening. So you're going to have 2011 to 2026, these kids are going to be emotional. They're going to be abstract. They're going to be peaceful. They're going to have powerful dreams, um, which some of those might, you know, come in the form of, like, visions that um, they may be able to use intuitively. Um, And they're going to be compassionate. And, um, I'm personally really excited to see this generation. If I didn't have a kid in this generation, I would be still really excited that the Neptune and Pisces is happening. It won't happen again, like I said, um, in, for another 165 years. I think I said that already. If I didn't, I'm saying it now. <laughs> uh, so, again, like, think how cool that is. There's a Sagittarius kids born every year. There's Capricorn kids born every year. But there will not be another Neptune and Pisces kid born after 2026 for 165 years. In your whole life, this won't happen again. And so I think that it's just like makes you really appreciate how precious and unique and cool uh, it is these aspects of our kid. Um, and it also kind of explains like when we see things you know, sort of emerging more in popularity in the spiritual realm, crystals, yoga, um, tarot, and all of those kind of things. Um, It maybe isn't just trendy, but it's, like I said before, something of an awakening. It's this big shift that you've never seen before in your life, and you never will again. So, um, I personally, maybe I just sound nuts to you guys, but to me, I think that's super interesting, and I also think um, I, like, I need to look in, I need to look more into my own Neptune, because I'm not sure what it is. I think it actually might be Capricorn, but I don't want to quote that. Um, whatever it is, I, I'd like to look in, and I'd like to learn more, too, if Neptune is the planet that always is for a long period of time. Are there other ones? I'm not sure. Um, but my point here is that when you have, like, this sort of generational forecast, like, a spiritual awakening, Um, it kind of is, I think, a really good reminder that generations aren't good or bad. Your baby boomers weren't bad. Millennials aren't bad. Like, 
et cetera, et cetera. Like, each generation is no, nobody's better or worse than the other ones because these Neptune and Pisces kids, like I mentioned, they're going to be abstract and they're going to be emotional. Um, so those things may be difficult to deal with for people who are used to growing up around a generation that had other strong components at play that maybe weren't those two things. Um, and I just think that is a really good way to look at it and also to like be patient and also to like look at kids as a whole, because I think that I hear so often so many negative things, perhaps like quote unquote kids these days aren't any type of way because their specific individual parents are so shitty. Perhaps kids these days are a certain way because A, their parents were born into a generation that had different priorities than you. And B, these kids were born into an age that had different priorities than you. So I just think that like when we're tempted to look at kids these days and they're different and we oftentimes catch ourselves saying things that maybe are not so kind. Um, this is a time when I find it really interesting to look at the collective, to look at, oh, these kids have their Neptune and Pisces, so even though I can't stand seeing them on their iPads all the time, um, they're going to, like, do some really powerful emotional healing. And um, and keep in mind when you think about these things, too, like, that's going to be, like, the president one day. That's going to be, like... Maybe, you know, someone who is working on, like, a really important research project. Like, it's game changers. It's world changers. Like, you know, it's not just you, it's not just some kid you saw in the mall, right? Like, that's everybody. So, that's my stupid rant. <laughs> Sorry if it was dumb and annoying. But I just, I, to me, it's very, very interesting. And and especially as as a Sagittarius, like, I am so interested in, you know, philosophy and spiritualism. So, you know, to see that there's a generation coming up that's going to have a strength in that is just really exciting for me. Um, and to know that my kid's in it. How neat. Something for us to bond over. Um, okay, moving on. His Pluto is in Capricorn. Pluto is um, about transformation, power, and leadership. Um, so Pluto and Capricorn tend to be, um, efficient with achieving their goals. They are determined, purposeful, and methodical. Um, and then lastly is he has a Leo rising. So your rising or your ascendant, um, deals with your physical body and persona, like sort of how you present yourself to the world. Um, so a Leo rising tends to attract attention. Um, they can have a magnetism about, like, their personality, or they could just be, like, a really attractive person. Um, so for those reasons, they always leave an impression on the people around them. Um, Leo Rising are actually really self-aware, though, so they know that they're having this effect on people. Um, they're always, quote-unquote, on stage, as they put it, <laughs> um, even when they're at home. Uh, Surprise, surprise, Leo Risings are prone to temper tantrums. Who would have thought it with my kid? Um, jumping to conclusions and self-indulgence. Uh, they're ambitious, bossy, and idealistic. So, um, yes. That's my kid. <laughs> uh, so far, anyhow. 
what is observable. He is definitely always putting on a show, always trying to make people laugh. And he doesn't like, he wants to run the show. Like, when I try and play with him, it's like, nah, <laughs> we're going to do this instead. Or he's going to do it. I'm just going to watch. <laughs> I'm not, my way of playing is not always welcome. <laughs> Although, when it is, I get really excited. Like, I, I've taught him about, you know, rolling or tossing a ball. He was into that. And I started um, showing him how to drive a race car, like, over his legs. He was got these little Hot Wheels, and he was rolling them on the floor. And I showed him that he could roll them on his legs and up his stomach, and he really got a kick out of that. That's his thing right now. Seth did it earlier, and he went, whoa. <laughs> That's Oliver's word of the week, guys. Whoa. <laughs> Especially if you say whoa then he'll definitely be saying, whoa. And earlier he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Anyhow. (laughs) Okay. That wraps up the natal chart. Um, So I hope that that was a little bit interesting to you guys and not just me blabbing about my specific son's uh, chart for X amount of time. Because, you know, I really don't have a deep knowledge about all this, but this is just what I've gathered so far, and I just find it to be really interesting. So I hope you guys do too. Um, And then the last thing that I have is love languages. I'm sure that you all know what the love languages are. Um, Simplemomentstick.com has an article or a blog or whatever. I don't know how to tell the difference anymore. Um, about love languages for toddlers, like kind of determining which one is your kid. It's not a quiz, but you can read it and sort of figure it out. Um, so love that. Um, and mine is words of affirmation. My, not mine, but my toddlers, Oliver's, Oliver's love language is words of affirmation. So... I'm going to just read you their explanation of toddlers whose love language is words of affirmation. These are kids who long to be praised. Sorry for my page turning. Uh, Phrases like, I'm proud of you, you're so smart, or you're such a big kid, go a long way with toddlers who crave words of affirmation. These kids light up when positive words are spoken to them and seek out ways to receive their more positive words. Um, sorry, I can't read my own freaking handwriting. I think that says make. Y'all, it looks like it says Neller. No, it says make. Make sure. (laughs) God, make sure (laughs) to focus on attributes rather than physical appearance. As it, like, saying, you're so good at putting together outfits rather than you're such a cutie more often. Um, but they say there is a time and a place, of course, for talking about physical appearance. Um, and I have a lot to say on that topic, so maybe we'll do a, an episode on that, too, one day. But anyhow, uh, words of affirmation, um, it's definitely, I think really helpful to know your toddler's love language, um, for them, but a lot for selfish reasons too, because like knowing that that's what he craves, um, it helps me with like 
for example, things like potty training, not that I've succeeded, uh, but it's helpful to know that, like, if I were to, like, get him a new toy, that's not his thing. So even though he may like it, it's not going to be as powerful as if I jump up and down and say, I'm so proud of you. You did such a good job. Um, <laughs> like, that's what he needs. So it's good, I think, if you're trying to teach anything to them. Um, good if you just want them to listen to you. <laughs> and also good for making their little hearts happy. So, um, yeah, you can definitely head on over to their site, too, if you want to figure out what your child's uh, love language is and um, kind of some ideas how you can apply that. But, um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's everything, guys. So, that's my child. That's my Oliver. He is an introspective, serious, methodical, creative, um, passionate, wild child who loves to be praised. It sounds like my child is like a super, like a comic villain. <laughs> He's like sitting there like all like serious, like doing things for his own ego. He just like wants to take over the city just so people will. He's like Lex Luthor or something. Oh my God, my kid is Lex Luthor. That's what it sounded like, right? But he's not. He's really good. He's really sweet. And he's, and he's almost never threatened Superman. Like, pro like almost not at all. <laughs> I'm kidding. I hope that you guys think I'm funny and not, like, the worst. I guess if you think I'm the worst, you aren't listening. Probably, you probably only keep listening if you like me. Oh my god, thanks guys. Anyway, um, I love my child and I don't think he's Lex Luthor. But, we'll see. I hope you guys have a great week. Goodbye.